Copa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Welcome in, everybody, to the one and only Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. Rocky Mountain ATVMC is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and FREE, three-day shipping, over 75 bones. It's easy to see why you guys should be going to keyforinktesting.com right now, clicking on that banner. That takes you back to Rocky Mountain, and you continue to do your shopping and live your life. Save yourself some money, and that gives us a slice of what you guys are purchasing and helps me keep uh, the gentleman in the studio today afloat of racing. That's right. It helps me so much. So thank you for the people that actually do it. Uh, Hit me up on my email that say, hey, man, I ordered through Rocky Mountain and your code. So I appreciate you guys doing that because it really does help, and I do see what you guys are ordering, so that's cool. Uh, FXRRacing.com. Go visit those guys over there. Use the code KKMX35 to save 35% off anything they sell besides i don't think you can get fishing gear off my code or mountain bike stuff i don't think you can get mountain bike stuff off of my code so um but you can get gear you can get helmets kkmx35 get yourself some kick-ass fxr racing gear and if you're a lady and you like the moto down i got a special code for you you just uh email me chris at keyforinktesting.com and i'll get you that code and you uh can look hot on your motorcycle that's right Racetech, Racetech.com, suspension, engine services. Uh, the guy also in studio uses Racetech for suspension, so he knows what's up with that. Uh, so if you guys want to go visit them, Racetech.com, use the code Kiefer or just simply email me, and I'll get you in contact with Chris Riesenberg and the fellas over at Racetech. Get you a, a better handling motorcycle as well as a faster motorcycle because they do engine services as well. And all of my 2022 sponsors, Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Pro Taper, 6D, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Dunlop Motorsports, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Decal Works, Lit Pro, Fastco, and you guys want to do some motos if you're over age of 40. Guess what? Old Timers Association, they're heading up September 17th and 18th in Idaho at, God, I can't even say this track, Ohi, Ohi, O-W-H-E-E, MX Park, Boise, that's right, Boise, Idaho. September 17th and 18th, 18 plus one lap minute motos for old dudes, Aiden. That's pretty cool. Could you hang on for 18 plus one at Paula this weekend? Uh, I no. It's half, half. Just say no. <laughs> it's half, half. That's, I don't know what the half, half means. The answer is no. I mean, right. the last two laps, I could not hang on. Uh, welcome in Aiden Kiefer and Jackson Pascal to the studio to do the show that is all about the MX Sports um, Moto Combine, Scouting Combine that they had at Paula Fox Raceway this weekend, the day before the National. I thought it would be cool to uh, give you guys some insight on what they do, how it's ran. The two kids in the studio today raced it. They can give us their perspective and I guess perspective on their coaches as well because Aiden, you had Brock Tickle, Jax, you had Chad Reed. Yep. 
Yep. So I feel like pff, pretty good coaches. Yep. Yep. Uh, but MX Sports put this together. They put three of these on in 2022. Uh, the day before the national, they had Iron Man. They mm-hmm. had this Paula, and they had two at Paula, right? And Iron Man? Is no, that what uh, Red Bud. Oh, Red Bud. Yeah. They didn't have one at the first round? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. So Red Bud, Iron Man, and then Fox Raceway 2. Yeah. But I guess next year, Christine was telling me they're going to have four, two West Coast and two East Coast, I guess. Yeah, they might change some of the format, I guess, too, yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, so as you guys know, you watch the race. Great racing over um, the weekend here and Labor Day weekend. Chase Sexton, Eli Tomac. Uh, very, very hot, so they cut the motos down for you guys as well, so it went from 20, what was it? 25 plus, plus 2. Yep. You were going to do 25 plus 2. Yep. Oh, shit. Uh, and they went to 15 plus 2 for you guys, and then yeah. 25 plus 2 for the pros. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Friday, 100 degrees, was warm, but not as hot as Saturday, I guess. Saturday was hot. Saturday was hot. I mean, it was I mean, it was still hot on Friday, but yeah, Saturday was It wasn't was as hot. hot. Okay. Um. All right, so... Let's get to the experience. I want to learn a little bit about what you guys learned okay. and what you can take away from this. Jackson, you have riding coaches. Aiden, you've been with Buddy Antonez. Yep. Who do you have for riding coach, Jax? Besides Rob. Was it Rob the... Robbie Mondi is oh. your riding coach. Yep. And now you have a training coach, which is Tommy Danielson. Yep. The infamous... Man, I, I just wish I could get Tommy on the show. I just talk about bicycles. <laughs> we can call Let's Tommy. do a Kiefer Inc. testing What's cycling the, show. Not, before we start, what have you learned from Tommy? So if, if those of you guys don't know Tommy Downson, just Google him, look it up. You're a, if you're a cycling fanatic like me, you know all about Tom. He was on the U.S. Postal's team. He helped Lance. Um, he's won the Tour of Colorado. Like, there's a lot of things I probably don't put on his resume here on this show, but, man, he is a gnarly, gnarly dude on a bicycle. He's done gnarly a lot of things. Man. So what have you learned? What have you picked up from Tom? So um, just kind of like a from a bicycle, bicycling background, like yeah. I've learned a lot of different effort levels um, when I'm out there on the track. So not just going 100% every single time I'm out there, right. um, which I'm sure a lot of dudes that cycle that listen to the show are listening to me like right now like, oh, yeah effort levels like that's just a thing in cycling that i just kinda, zones you got to be yeah in. exactly zones right. that you got to hit and different effort levels so rather than just having a one fast speed on a dirt bike i can kind of change my speed around um what's cool for me like i'm older you guys are 16 17 years old but uh, i've learned i was kind of that way i just like oh i'm training and uh I don't ever look at my heart rate. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to train, do an hour of training, and my heart rate's 170, it's 170. But I guess there is some science to the fact that you have to keep your heart rate at a certain level to get the right amount of fitness, at least for motocross. Yep. Uh, intervals are huge for motocross. Yeah. We just went on a mountain bike ride this morning, and, and if you guys are older and you're an older vet, some of you guys are hitting me up say, Kiefer, can you do a, a show on older vet training? Um, sure, I can tell you what I do, but I'm not the exact uh, guy you probably want to take advice from. You know, I do what works for me. Uh, jo- I talked to John Westling, which he is a trainer for a troll training. Um, they do all that stuff online. I talked to him at the Moto Scouting Combine, and he was around talking to you guys. Did you get to talk to him much? Did he come out? and? He talked a little bit, but not, not a whole lot. I didn't really get to talk to him much. No? No. Um, he was talking about some vet training and what guys do, so... For you older guys listening to this, the most important thing to do is ride. I feel like a lot of these other racers, they seem to 
off the bike training seems to be really, really important. And then they ride two days a week. And then I feel like you don't really get the benefit of what you're trying to do because you're riding a dirt bike. So you need to ride more than you do train. Of course, you need to supplement it with stretching, gym work, and cycling. But if you guys aren't riding your dirt bike, you're still going to get arm pump. Like, I don't understand it. People email me, how do I get rid of arm pump? You got to ride. And I understand you got a job. But you have to at least try to ride once or twice a week. If you don't get to do that, it's going to be tough to get rid of arm pump. Um, so that's that sucks that you guys need to t- get to talk to the trainer's point of view. But you guys had riding coaches more in this whole moto scouting. Company. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Christina Denny was there. She kind of organizes a lot of this. You know, she's like the wrangler, the kid yeah. wrangler. She yeah. does a great job. Um, Jim Perry. That's the guy you got to hit up to get into this combine if you want. He's the one that picks it. Jim Perry, I worked with him over at Yamaha when I was there in the early to mid-2000s. Nice guy. So his focus is now he's over on MX Sports side, and he's doing some of this as well as other things, of course. But they seem to, as far as a parent point of view, I like it because, Aiden, you're away from me. You get to learn some things that I may or may not have told you, but it, even if I have told you, I think it's nice hearing it from someone else. Uh, I like that there's schedules. Christina put a whole sheet of what times you need to get dressed, what time you need to be here. Everything is laid out on a piece of paper for you guys so you're held accountable. You got to be here at this time. You got this little meeting at this time. We got this class at this time. We got to be on track this time. You got to be in staging. Like, it's foolproof for you guys. Yep. And as a racer, I think that's huge. Like, I didn't really do that for you at Loretta's, which I think we will do moving forward. Your dad did that for you. Mm-hmm. It just takes everything out of it. Like, hey, man, we know what your races are, so let's put a schedule together. At this time, we wake up. Uh, this time, you eat breakfast. At this time, you need to start stretching. Like, it's just laid out. Instead of us just trying to say, oh, yeah, let's do this now. We're going to do that. Like, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. Would you like that? Yeah. More of a schedule. So for you local guys listening to this, maybe something that, that could help you guys is put a schedule together for your weekend. If you have a race on Sunday, figure out what you're going to do Saturday. Lay the schedule out so you get enough time to work on your bike or whatever you got to do, and then you got to rest. And then in the in the grand scheme of things on Sunday, know when you got to go sign up, know when to stretch, know when to do these things. Your motos are here. I think it just makes it a lot easier for the rider that you don't have to think as much. Yeah. Yep. So, All right. So, Aiden... Talk to me about your experience. Well, first of all, talk to me about your coach. What do you know about Brock Tickle? Uh, I know a lot of things about Brock Tickle. Go ahead. What year did he win a championship? <laughs> that part I don't know. Wow. Okay. We're doing great so far about your coach. <laughs> what? Okay. So what do you know about Brock Tickle? Uh, Brock Tickle rode for many teams. Star, JGR. Um, I forget the, the, the most important one he won the championship on. <clears throat> Pro <circle. clears throat> Pro Circuit Kawasaki. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, okay. PC. Uh huh. And then what um, else? Who else? Uh, Honda, right? Nope. Nope. R- RC- RCH. Yep. RCH Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sad that your partner over here knows more about your coach <laughs> than you know about your coach. Sorry. Uh, you probably know more about. Reed, Listen, so. it's probably, yeah. you need to learn some of the history about our sport. You didn't know Sean Borkenhagen. No. Didn't know anything about him. We I had a Kawasaki. I don't know, exactly. I don't know who that is. So you can, you can Shame on you guys. Yep, you can yell at me. I don't think um, a lot of kids know who Sean Borkenhagen is. Okay, go ahead. Talk to me about your coach. I'm, I did. Okay, what else has he accomplished? Uh, Well, now he's the test rider slash, uh, like, 
trainer for Jason Anderson and the uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki team now. Okay. So when you heard that you got Brock Tickle as a coach, were you like okay with that, or did you yeah. want Chad Reed? Was I that was your honestly, first choice? I was. Uh, I'd rather have Tickle than um, than Reed. And uh, Mike, who was it? Michael Byrne, and then Brock Glover. I would have. I would have liked Brock Glover too. I think. Yeah, Brock was. He wanted you. Yeah. I talked to him earlier. He's like, man, I wish I had Aiden. Yeah, I kind of. I the two main dudes that I wanted was either Glover or uh, Tickle. Okay. But I'm fine. I got Tickle. So. You got in the combine. Jax, tell me a little bit about your coach. What do you know about Chad Reed? So, my coach is Chad Reed. Okay. I know that he's from Australia. Okay. <laughs> I also learned that when he came over, so when he came over, he started riding Yamahas, mm-hmm. factory factor Yamaha. Came over from where? Came over from, well, he came over from Europe because he was go. racing MXGPs. Right. MX2s. Yep. Um, and when he came over and started working with Yamaha, Jim Perry just started working with Yamaha at the same time. So, they kind of... Started their yep. Yamaha career together, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously, as we know, Chad won many championships in the 250 class. On uh, was that 125 championship at that uh, point? Yeah. It was called lights back then. Right, right. Yeah, w- is it 125 and 250? I- I'm assuming did you he could ride, ride 250. Yeah, it was that in the cusp where 250Fs were coming. Four out. strokes were kind of. Yep. So he was riding a Yamaha four stroke. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So he won. Many championships on there, and then uh, is he your favorite rider? Who was your favorite rider growing up? Growing up, mm-hmm. oh Dungey. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Dun- like Dungey's my favorite rider, and then like OG riders, David Bailey, yeah. like in the Glover generation. Yeah, me yeah. too. I was a David guy. Yep. What number was he? Six. Okay. Uh, were you a James guy or a Chad guy? James. Um, we're not talking to you, Aiden. I was a Chad guy. But as I've grown more, I've honestly become a James guy. Now that I've kind of learned who James' personality is as of recently, mm-hmm. like just within this year, just like realizing that he's not the kind of weird dude that I thought he was. Like he's a really yep. cool, funny dude. But yep. I don't think really anyone's ever seen that side of James until this year when he started doing this podcast. Well, stuff. I think also, too, none of these guys, they changed their attitudes. Ryan Villapoto, he wasn't. Right. He was pretty serious. Yeah, he was not the dude he is. They're... That would be really cool if Eli retires and we see this whole other side of Eli that we yeah, don't right. see him, right? Which yeah. I feel like even this year we're starting to see a little bit of a relaxed Eli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, RD Coffee. Get your coffee. RD Coffee. Get your so, coffee. Chad, you're, were you nervous around Chad? Um, a little bit, but I think I did. I think I did a good job of just trying to interact with him and not be nervous, like just be willing to ask questions because he is there for me. Uh-huh. You know, obviously it's an amazing opportunity to – be coached by Chad Reed, but uh, yeah, I tried focusing on just ha- being having a normal conversation with him and not worried about it being Chad Reed. Was he your first pick? Like he would, like who would you want as a coach? Who'd you who'd be your first pick? Glover. Glover. Yep. 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 But uh, the oh, I was almost worried about having Reed just mm-hmm. because I I wouldn't know what he would be like as a coach because he's I don't think he's really ever coached after his pro career that much, right? Yeah. So yeah. he just started doing these combines, right? Right, and that's so. kind of his only almost and coaching experience other than his kids. I don't know. I, I don't watch vlogs that much, but I did catch some a sound bite of him saying, you know, he's getting ready for World Supercross, and he doesn't let a lot of people into his whole thing. So him coaching, him having this vlog, and let people watch him or learn, learn about him more, watch him train, so he's not used to all opening up. Right. You know, so... Uh, I know a little bit about Chad. I worked with him a little bit, yeah. and he's very direct. 
Yep. So there's he doesn't sugarcoat shit a lot. Yep. Um, obviously, Ellie doesn't either. So that whole family dynamic is like, this is how it is. You got to have some thick skin, and I want to tell you. So did he bring some of that to coaching, or was he pretty mellow? Um, he was honestly pretty mellow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's obviously a very direct guy, but it wasn't like he wasn't going to walk up to one of these kids and be like, look, dude, that was a horrible moto. Right. Right, but... I'm surprised he didn't do that. I, I'm honestly surprised, too, because <laughs> I did have a horrible moto. I'm surprised he didn't just walk up to me like, dude, that sucks. What the fuck are you doing out there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, was, I was literally ready for that as I pulled off the track. What, uh, <laughs> what questions did you ask him? So after the first moto, it was, it was a horrible moto for him. Both motos were horrible, but yeah. Um, but first moto was really bad, just road type. Yeah. And uh, came off. You know, got undressed, came back to the the Moto Combine tent. We met with our coaches, mm-hmm. um, and then he just went over lap times and stuff and the basic stuff. But he didn't really go into detail much about each rider, yeah. which I think is kind of kind of what he wants to do. And then he wants to see who's willing to really ask him the questions uh-huh. or just walk away and right, yeah, take for what it is. So I kind of let everyone leave and and then kind of sat down with them, asked him. I told him I was like. Um, that was not a good moto for me. Um, this is how I feel. This is what I felt on the bike. Obviously I can sit here and say my suspension felt horrible, but you right. know, that only goes so far. I can still be faster with bad suspension cause yep. it was not a good moto. Um, and so he just kind of broke down the track for me and they gave them like big track maps. Uh-huh. Um, so he pulled out a Sharpie and kind of went through the track map and went through different sections was like, you know, you're breaking here. You need to be braking earlier and or not braking, but uh-huh. using the track to your advantage to slow you down. So like a lot of sections, he would have me instead of uh, braking coming over some hills, like braking on the downside of them, let off the gas earlier going up and then get a little pop coming over the hill. And then I could coast down and get on the gas earlier and pull through. So that was kind of one thing he taught me that that so, uh, ended up helping the second moto. That's what I'm saying. So you applied that? Yeah. And yeah. it actually does work. It worked. I still went slow, but it did It did work. Like, helped you a little bit? Yes. Okay. Aiden, what did you ask Brock? Uh, I mainly asked Brock, like, how to time management the day. Like, how to, like, what's the easiest way to get used to having, like, a schedule and trying just to, just to manage the day? And what was his suggestion? His suggestion was just, like, so it was really hot. He's like, just stay out of, uh, stay out of the sun and... Uh, just um, drink a lot of Gatorade and water just because you're peeing out all your electrolytes all yeah. day. So just kind of keep trying to refill your body and everything. And then also, uh, when you brought me that Rhino Power over, he was like, don't even eat the... They gave us like a, a plate of um of like chicken and rice and uh, and broccoli, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, he was like, look, don't even eat that. Drink that because that honestly will probably give you more than... What the, uh, the what's gonna you're gonna get on that plate? Well, the food would be hard to digest, right? Yeah. So you have chicken. I mean, it's good for you. You need that. But I think by the time you guys were going to race, your it body wouldn't gonna... even be able to digest that. Yeah. So for me, for you guys listening out there, I I keep it simple for race day, depending what you guys want to eat. And I wasn't a coach. I'm just letting you know what I works for me. Yeah. Soft foods, peanut butter and jelly, something easy to digest. Uh, gels, drinks. Because obviously we're all nervous during race day, so you don't really have an appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where he was going with that. It's easy to f- get your nutrients from some liquid because it's easier for you to get out and digest. Yeah. Yep. And then also too, he uh, taught me how to like 
basically, so they had these segment times, right? Mm-hmm. And they had the different segments of the tracks. And he basically just said, you know, don't even like stress if you're a second, two seconds off of the uh, the top three guys or whatever. Don't stress about it because he pulled out the segment times for my first practice and it showed me where like my segment times were bad. And he's like, so like, what are you, what are you doing here that you think is uh, is not good? And I told him, and he's like, all right, yeah, and that's basically like that's a couple tenths right there. So a couple tenths here, a couple tenths there. And then by the time when we added those tenths up, it was the same exact time as the leaders without the uh, um, the mistakes. So, so then – Go ahead. So then um, the next practice I went out and tried to do exactly what he told me to do, and it, and it, it worked. Yeah. Yep. So you were P1 for a little bit. Yeah. We and, then, and then you got hijacked from Viney and Bomber. Bomber. Last lap. Yeah. So you got – third qualifying which is for me surprising for me like if you were fifth to seventh i'd have been like yeah that's good third was really that's like exceeded what i thought you were going to do third yeah. was really good yeah so that's good that you took some of that and applied that but the the thing about what's hard about racing and is feel, trying to match that same speed that you did in that one lap well that of course but also applying everything that you learn yeah because we can all do this on practice days yeah but when it comes down to nerves uh racing noises around you people up your ass it's hard to remember all these things Mm -hmm. to do that when you got chaos around you yeah so you guys need to learn to be calmer as things get ramped up and that's just like in life if someone's yelling at you and they're escalating the situation get calmer because then there's nothing that those people can do to you because they're not getting ramped up if you ramp up with them then it just escalates everything, right? Yeah. So if some dude is revving his engine at you guys on your practice day and he's pissing you off, just let it go. Don't go jack with him because then you're just clouding your day, okay? You're clouding your race day because then you're worried about this. This guy's in your ass. You're in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, I just had beef with this kid. And then who knows? That kid's going to start next to you. Like, you don't know. Do not cause yourself any more drama than you can and worry about yourself. Yeah. That's it. Um. So, what did you get for qualifying, Jax? What were you at? Ooh, sixteenth. Okay. Yeah. Just so you're so Jackson is from Colorado. Jackson has his own tracks, which are unbelievable, awesome. He has lots of great tracks to ride, deep conditions, but I guess nothing is like Paula for you, dude. Like, yeah. I, I so for kids listening to this back east, Paula. what's it like? Uh, unpredictable that's the biggest thing i can say right like if even if you were in texas or florida mm-hmm. like an on a really good track but like two days after they rode it like the the dirt's hard right it gets it can get blue groove out there mm-hmm. you know like we get in california but it's always predictable like you can you always can kind of know what the bike's going to do so when i when you think predictable you think traction yeah you can feel the track okay like like we've kind of talked about before, I'm big on feeling, mm-hmm. feeling the track, right? Yep. Like we've kind of talked with Aiden. Aiden doesn't feel the track as much, which is just a different riding right. style, right? But I'm I'm really big on feeling track. And Paula, I don't feel the track. Okay, I don't know what's I don't know what's happening with the tires. Like you see a rut, you have big ass ruts at your house. Yeah, yeah. But you're not going as fast in those ruts as you are at home. Yeah, no, because no. it feels different. I like if any of you were there watching me, I literally 
came to a dead stop in every single <laughs> corner right in the apex. It was horrible. Like, I just I just didn't, like, no feel on the track. It was crazy. Well, look, your setup didn't help. I watched your setup bike. Was setup, rough, your setup sure. doesn't help. Like, and we're not here to make excuses, but, like, Paula is... Apollo is very unique of, as far as setup goes, and more like Glen Helen. Like, yep. if you have a setup at Paula, we do a lot of testing here at Paula for manufacturers for production stuff, and it's unique. I can go to two other tracks, and then we arrive at Paula, and then our setting is off. So it's a unique feel because you got to have hold up because it's jumpy. Yep. And then you got to have some suppleness, some comfort because all the square edge shit. Yeah. So right. it's a unique feel and and your bike never feels great there right right um so that is tough too like you said to get a feel or like well my bike feels like shit and when your bike feels like shit what do you do you roll off the throttle right (laughs) you're not going to pin it unless you're crazy right so um that's the tough part did you guys ever ask your coaches about setup bike setup no i didn't really no see i feel like that's what you guys missed out i I did ask oh you did i did ask chad so um yeah like i feel like so I'm kind of trying to remember what Chad said. So he, he I mean, if there's one guy that's picky as a mother, it's him. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> that's what it sounds like. But yeah. he just kind of went through the basics. Like he didn't really give like a super exact Direct answer. Like answer, this yeah. is what, like you know, you should make this clicker change. Right. Like it's more just like, you know, if you feel like the dirt's soft, then you should stiffen it. Stiff or stiffen or soften. Yeah. What like you know like right. what, how, so it was a vague answer. It was it was a vague answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have tried to get a little bit more direct, like especially with Brock being a cowie guy. Yeah, I would have been all about asking him about setup for me. Yeah, yeah. At that like, time, hey, I didn't. like I would have been over the top. What? How does? Your, how do you like your bike at Glen Helen? You know, uh, what is it like at Paul? Like I would have asked him a lot. Yeah, I didn't think about that at the time because I, my bike actually felt fine, but still, I didn't think about the time like about. Usually, bike you complain setup. about your bike at Paula too. You know that? Yeah, but my my I think everything though. We had my Loretta settings on it, so I was fine. So that that was a little bit firmer. The firmer yeah. feel was better there. Yeah, more hold up. Okay, so Thursday they go through the schedule. They pick your coaches. Uh, we had to be there Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. You guys were there Saturday for the parade lap, which is cool, but it's three days. So for me, as a parent, I would like a little bit more of a condensed thing. If we're gonna, I don't mind being. Um, they're on a, a two-day thing, or if it's so, let's do it Friday and do the parade lap Saturday. Not a whole lot of like, like I'm just think I'm thinking about parents that actually work. I yeah. can't be there three freaking days. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, um, I don't need to be there Thursday at three o'clock for you to walk the track with your your coaches. You yeah. know, did you learn anything on track walk when they when you walked to the track? I think the track walk was almost like an excuse to get you to talk to your coaches about first qualifying, uh-huh. yeah. right? Because first qualifying was at eight, so really. I, we didn't meet with our coaches before qualifying, and right. Chad wasn't even there either. On yeah, Chad, Chad wasn't was even flying, there, so I didn't. Flying, yeah. I didn't really even get to talk to a coach about qualifying. I just kind of listened in with Tickle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but mainly we just walked the track and kind of just like scoped some things out and see how uh, how they laid it out because they changed a little bit of it. Um, hey, stay tuned. Right, we'll, we'll be right back. We're gonna listen to these commercials. Uh, give yourself some time. It's seven minutes of your life. There's discount codes within these commercials, so uh, we'll be right back. 
ScreenPrintingDone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful T-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some T-shirts made? Yeah, buddy. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. This is a T-shirt. You can get anything you want on that T-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like, let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. ScreenPrintingDone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! ScreenPrintingDone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com. 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run... Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer, get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So... Great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts, I mean, I help him as well, but he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, Look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend. And that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So, protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude, Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. 
For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages, and you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today, find your Yamaha YZ, and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris at kieferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times. Get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate, and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. Okay, we're back. Talk about the first motos now. Well, we talked about qualifying a little bit already. No, not really. Well, we did. You got P3. He said he got 16 or whatever, right? <laughs> okay. That's like what, I mean, let's talk about the track. That's what that's, we That's what I was wondering, yeah. So, Paula is, if you guys think it's hard pack, it's not hard pack in the morning. It, it depends on the day you go. Like, even, like, the like the, uh, uh, like the top kids that ride there on Tuesdays and stuff yeah. were like, this is nothing compared to Tuesday. What do you mean, nothing? Like, so, on Tuesdays, they prep it deep, but it has a, uh, it's only, like, deep on top, like a muddy type of deep, and then it has a hard base. At so, the it's bottom. about a foot down. Yeah. And then you, it's hard pack. Besides, on uh, Friday, it was 
it had a couple inches of just straight. Here's here's what you guys do not know if you guys are on the East Coast and don't and know about West Coast conditions. Unlike East Coast conditions where it gets rough and it continues, okay, and it continues to get rough. The bumps get taller. The bumps get bigger. Unlike the East Coast, the West Coast only gets to a certain amount of roughness and then it stays. Yeah. That. So people are like, oh, man, the track's getting rough. Well, right about that time is where it just caps off. Yeah. So the square edge is going to be the square edge. The holes are going to be the holes. The breaking bumps are going to be the breaking bumps because you're down to the hard base. So you're really not going to get it that much rougher. When you go to Glen Helen, it's the you're going to be like, oh, my God, dude, the track is insane. I can't. I don't even want to see it the second moto. It's not that much rougher the second moto. There might be a couple new potholes here and there, but that's about it. It's, it only gets so rough because of the hard base. Yeah. So I told you to run a scoop, which you did, and you did both in the qualifying. Yep. Yeah. And you chose to get off of that for the first moto, which was at 1 o'clock. So what they do for you guys is they give you the times approximately very, very close to what you would be doing in a 250 moto. Yeah. So 1 o'clock is the first race. 3, 3.30 is about the time where the 250 second moto goes off. So they give you that. It's scorching hot. So the conditions, what I do like about this is they give you the exact times you're going to be racing, which I think is important. Yeah. Which may go unnoticed in Supercross. I wish they would do this for Supercross they if are, they I guess, could, I guess they could they fit are, that in. I guess they are doing this now. That's what I've heard the future is going to be combines this upcoming Supercross Because season. there's something to be said about doing this whole day and night. You're worn down by the time main event comes. It's 10, yeah. it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's a long day. Yeah. You're there 12 hours. So... Usually when you go practice, you're there six hours max, and then you're out, right, from the time you get That's there. That's a so. long day at the track, too. Yeah, so I do like they do the moto part. They actually give you the times, and you do them. So yeah, that, that's that like nice. they replicate it. So Paula changed a little bit this year. They put a couple S sections in, so it was a little bit slower than normal Paula conditions, but deep conditions early, turns to hard pack. People always ask now because it's the hot topic about the paddle. What's nice about the Dunlop paddle is it's not horrible on hard pack on the edges of your tire compared to the 33, but it's so much better in the soft stuff, which there is still some of that at Paula when you guys are racing. I was looking around. Yeah. There, yep. there was still some there, of that. There was, yeah. So the acceleration traction from the forward momentum, once you're straight to get out of the corner, that's where the paddle is really good. Yeah. I feel like as long as your bike is straight up and down, the paddle's the way to go. The yeah. only thing you're losing with the paddle is a little bit of sidewall on flat dirt. So if you have a rut, I feel like the paddle, no matter what, is the best tire. So a lot of guys stuck with the paddle during the pro day. Yeah, yeah. Jet, Jet used it the entire day, I guess. So... Grant Harlan, which rode our bike, yep, he stuck with it. Tomac stuck with it, so it's which I'm honestly surprised they stuck with it for second moto because second moto was hard. But what I'm saying is the the straightaways are still soft. Yeah. It's only hard in the corners and and just a little bit past the corner. It's almost not a paddle tire anymore. It's just it's a it's a deep it's a soft dirt tire. Yeah, it's not a paddle. So I would have for you because your starts were crap. They are terrible. I would have used the paddle because Viney, although he's he's a small guy. Weighs 110 pounds. But he had the paddle on. He was the only one run the paddle yep. in the motos. Yeah. I think two guys were, him and another dude. No, just him. So 
Chad, your coach, Jax, is yeah. not a fan of paddles. He hates them. Okay. We talked about this on the starting line when you guys were on the start. Okay. And he was like, I hate it. Paddles, paddles lame. I'm out. So some guys love it. Some guys hate it. I, right. I feel like the bike's better with the paddle. I, I mean, I feel like I should have ran it in the motos because I do like the paddle. And that would have put you, I feel like if you would have got a better start and you were up with some of that, you could have got towed a little bit longer at least, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I think you could have. I, you I mean, adapt. I was, but I was I was in the top 10 in the first moto. Oh, were you? Yeah. And I'll have to look at the and lap then chart. And I dropped into like 15th. Your, com- your comfy spot? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I got some space. Got right on the couch. The comfy spot was behind everyone. <laughs> um, so first moto, Aiden. Yep. Crash again. Oh, I crashed. Just talk about the Brock about you crashing. Yes or no? Huh? You didn't talk to Brock about crashing at all? I mean, I told him that I crashed, but like, I feel like the crash wasn't really even my fault, to be honest. I say this a lot, by the way. <laughs> this one was not my fault, though. What exactly happened? And I'll determine if it's your fault or not. <laughs> well, so after the whoop section going towards the hill, yep. there's that Talladega turn, and I was in the rut. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the rut, I was in the middle of it, and somehow like it kicked. It, uh, my bike was doing this all day in some ruts. My uh, rear end, it like it hit some, it got really loose, kicked out of the rut. And when it kicked out of the rut, right next to the uh, the rut was a soft pocket, and it landed in the soft pocket and just stuck, and then just right. and just pitched me. So it's your fault. <laughs> Why? Because I watched you many many years, and what you probably did is you came in too fast, and you loaded your suspension, and then when it goes to release, it comes out of the rut. This is your mo. But We've I was almost out of the rut, though. That's the thing. I know. Everything was fine. Well, here's the other thing, Aiden. You didn't get taken out, and you didn't hit something on the side of the track. Exactly. So the only thing that could have happened is that you crashed on your own. Right. It's not, the, it's, not the, it's not the bike's fault that it did what it did. You control the bike, right? Well, it happened so fast, I couldn't even do anything. That is your fault. That's what's called your fault. <laughs> it so, is true. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not an autopilot. <laughs> it's like, hey man, get me around the track safely, and beep, and you go do that. Like uh, you're controlling the front. So <laughs> your coach has told you that you re- need to roll the track, right? Yeah, that's uh, what uh, you need to learn to do to slow down a little bit before the corner, so you don't jab it. Yeah. Aiden, you should have been watching me. I was rolling the track, <laughs> which is tough you're to do. Patient, you because patient. they say roll it. So what that means? You think it's slow. But you got to find the blend, the the concoction, yeah, of how to roll in a fast manner, yeah, right. People I rolled think, in a slow manner, right. <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens. I was with I was with with you at Loretta's, man. It's fine. I get <laughs> That's it. That's right. Uh, so first moto, go ahead. After the crash, you get back up. Uh, we'll just start over again. We'll just uh. So got a bad start. Working our way into fifth, first lap, and then third lap was uh, right behind fourth, getting ready to pass fourth, had the tip over. And it was honestly crazy because we're only three laps into the moto, and I tipped over, and I think only like four four dudes got me. But they were quite a ways back because when I was just picking my bike up. You fell back to ninth. The four dudes, yeah, the the four dudes passed me. And after that, I was like, I kind of I got on my bike, and I was waiting for some other dudes to go by me. There, It was like... Which was is silence. I was like, "Wow, it was a gap." Yeah, there was a big gap, which was surprising. And some guys crashed as well. They did. Claw crashed because he was with you. The first moto, he you was in front of you, right? No, he no, he was behind me. Yeah, he passed me when I crashed. That's what I'm saying. But at some point, he crashed because he was up farther. 
maybe he crashed before you. Maybe. So that's yeah, because he passed me too. Yeah. So, uh, you guys freight trained a little bit, and then he gapped you. Yeah. So I uh, I worked my way back up to eighth. He was seventh. I caught him, and was on him for half the moto, and then I I popped the last two laps, and I kind of faded back a little bit. So, yeah. Jax, do you want to talk about your first moto? Sure, I can give it a breakdown here. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, I think I started. So I started probably in like twelfth, thirteenth, coming around the first turn. Yeah. And then passed a couple dudes in the second turn. So I think it came out like eighth. Um, probably fell back to tenth by the first lap after the other five dudes went down. Yeah. So I pretty much now let me ask you a question. Yeah. When we hear the announcers talk about, oh, things are coming up on him real quick now, like things are happening fast. Did you do you get that sensation out there, like, oh shit, these dudes, like it's shit's coming up fast, fast. You know, these guys are going by me. Yeah. These guys are going faster than I think I need to go. Did that ever go? I don't know. I had a weird, weird mentality this whole weekend. It's an out of body. So, so out of body. Literally, like these. So, I've raced Paula for about four years in a row now. Right. This this was the fifth time I've raced, and three out of five times now I've broken a bone. Right. So in my head this whole weekend, which is which is not the thing to do, not the thing to do. But in my head the whole weekend, my goal was to not break a bone. Right. <laughs> which, which is in, not, in which racing is, you don't do. Which is not a good way right. to race. But but I didn't break a bone. So, correct. Um, like it was literally just riding around the survival for me. it was yeah. it was just survival so i think i came around 10th and i was just just pacing myself off of the dude in front of me like not trying to catch people like you know obviously in my head i'm like i, I should pass these kids right but it wasn't no urgency but there was no urgency like it was just like i got 15 plus two to get through this thing right it's pretty short for me yeah should be pretty short for me i got super tired but should be a short moto for me and What's weird? So that's that's explain this to us. So obviously you train, you do good work because that's your that's your strength. Usually, is you're strong at the end of the motos. Yeah, you rode not as hard, but you got tired, way more tired. It's weird. It's super weird. Like, I and I think I got mentally tired first, which mm. drains my body even more. Yeah, right. Because all I'm thinking about is not crashing. Right. Which it's overthinking. Yeah. Which means I'm trying with my body so hard not to crash. So you kids went 15 plus 2. Yeah. The normal amount is 30 plus 2. Yep. Yeah. And you guys, everyone looked dead tired. Yeah, even... Um, so that you it? did about 20 minutes. I think I, like, I think I would have gotten better through the moto. Like, I was absolutely smoked and had the chills and everything. Mm -hmm. But, I like, I personally think that was all mental for me. Like, mm -hmm. I think I would have hit this mark where I either would have passed out or... Would have been like, oh, I was all pretty much just fake, and my body was trying to trick me almost. Like I feel like I have that kind of thing, um, where I feel like I can push through some stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think I would have been better. I would have kind of if you were more relaxed. I would have had to try and break myself. Yeah, yeah. and then I would have had a better moto, longer moto. Um, second moto. Well, they give you guys so one o'clock, and you went had a moto at three twenty. Uh yeah, three twenty five. Um another fifteen plus two. That was really hot. I mm -hmm. I feel like the, the first moto was a little bit hotter, I think. You got it Aiden. Between motos, Brock came over and tried to tell you how to start because you suck. Yeah, my <laughs> like I 
I was revving it too much and made my tire spin off the gate. Oh, really? You're, like, slipping the clutch? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so if you guys ever see, like, you guys put it, it's funny because Brock was making fun of you guys because he <laughs> said as soon as the freaking car went sideways, everyone's matted. <laughs> like, matted on the throttle. And he's like, and he's laughing. He's, these guys, these coaches are laughing at you guys <laughs> behind the gate because they're like, look at these kids, they're just matted. You know, it's like that old joke, and he's still wide open. That's right. It's been two minutes. <laughs> so Brock told you, hey, man, it's five to seven, five to eight when yeah. that card goes sideways. Yeah, I didn't know that because I freaked. I was. Uh, so you guys are wide open for five seconds, and that's a doesn't seem like a long time, but it is. Yeah, I was kind of freaked out, too, because I've, he didn't f- turn the card. No, yeah, I was usually because I was I'm so used to like Supercross to go 30. Yeah. 15 and then walk off well not even supercross like that's just amateur racing yeah. they go two two minute card turn it to 30 and they go down and like 10 seconds yeah. and then down turn where he just like flipped the card and yeah. i was like i looked up oh. and it said 30 and he was holding my all right i'm adjusting my goggles i'm smacking my helmet make sure there's no dirt in them make sure there's no dirt in my goggles and then i hear everyone mad and i'm like huh i look up 15 card it's like this or not 15 homie's just walking Five. off yeah, homie's walking off. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, oh, no, I'm about to miss my gate. So then I click in again. I'm like, ah, nah, nah, trying to find where my clutch is. Well, then is. what happens is your clutch gets, you know, uh, slips. Yeah. Because it's getting hot. Yeah. And then your wheel starts spinning because it wants to take off. Right? Yeah. So uh, Brock was like, yeah, that, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you need to get over the bars a little bit more with your chest and yeah. then have be more neutral in the middle of the bike. So you have this leverage. Right, so you when you take off, you're not getting pulled back. Yeah, because you're always good on the. I don't say always. You're good most of the time on the jump, and then you got to adjust your body sometimes because you wheelie. Yeah. So that's basically what happened both motos. Yeah. So no, you no second moto, I was just late. I was just straight up late. Yeah. I was. I got. I got caught sleeping. Uh, you came out. I I was middle. Yeah. I legit. I think I was like the last person off the gate, but my bike, my bike's fast, so it yeah. pulled. And then I kind of just, I got over, but then everyone would push out because they would go in so fast, they'd push out and I would just cut right in the middle. And then everyone would bunch up in that, like the second moto, everyone bunched up in that inside. Yeah. Somebody went down on the inside. Yeah. Like in third. Yeah. In the second turn. So then I went outside and then I, and then I hit him on accident. I made him fall. No, it, remember we decided it was somebody else. Okay. Well, I hit someone. Hit someone on accident trying to cut down. He probably hit someone into me. That's probably yeah. what happened. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird first couple corners, man. It's tight. It is tight, tight. It's yeah. A, it's basically two 180s. It, yeah. Yeah. So 180, 180. And then you got another 180 right down the road there. Yeah. So. Which which there's literally no and you can't go two lines. No. Yeah. It's far inside. You, no one was going over the hump before the table because no one would clear the table. I did then. one time. That was it. I did. That it was, was a great. Now, I feel like you missed some opportunities to pass because you guys were so focused on trying to jump the tabletop. Yeah. That if you would just roll that hump or jump out off of that hump, you could have made the pass and then forced that guy to screw up and back off. You know, and not like jump lost the table. some time but got in front of the dude. Correct. Yeah. I feel like that's what you need to ask your coaches more is about racecraft because that's what you're lacking. You know, yeah. Like you, you could. You're really good at catching a guy, but when it comes to passing, unless something happens to the guy, most of the time it's tough for you to pass. It depends on where I'm at, though. Like if I'm coming through their pack, I feel like I'm fine. But then if I'm that's what I'm saying. So like five. if you're like if you're in the good group, yeah, right. But you catch the good group, yeah, it's tough for you. Yeah, just that's what you guys got to think about. Hey, I'm good enough to catch them. I just need to make the passes. Right. 
So you guys need to know where not to try to make a pass and then know where to go for it. Yeah. yeah. Make make the pass stick. Just get in front of them because you know you can catch the dudes. Right. You just need to make it stick first. Uh, so very hot second mode. Everyone pulls in. They, they You guys get to go do the podium. Was that was that cool for you guys or is that just whatever? I mean, I thought it was whatever just because I wasn't like a – I didn't top five or top three. So I just kind of like, eh. Did yeah. they – when you guys went in because they had a social media – it, they didn't. Oh yeah. How was that? I mean, they had a meeting about you guys doing social media. So what was that all about? I think it was pretty much focused on so it's like how to run your Instagram account, how to yeah. put yourself out there. So basically, do I the opposite like of what Stank Dog does. <laughs> basically, yeah. yes. It was it was less about Instagram and stuff like that. It was more about interviews. Like more about their their goal was to try and get rid of these sucky interviews that we're getting. Yeah, used that was to right half, now in motocross. And that was stuff. half of it. Poor was Viney. It? Why? Just shy kid, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very hard They're to listen to. Lo- but a lot of those kids were yeah. kind of the same way. Yeah. Homeschool kids. Yeah. Aiden. I was fine. Yeah, but you're with me, so that's different. I'm a hey, Chris is good at making you social even yeah. if you go to homeschool. Like there's a lot of these kids who even their parents are a little socially awkward. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got no shot. So the interviews, the social media thing was whatever. You didn't learn anything? No, because I already knew everything. Was Sam in there for the social media or was it just Weege? It was Sam. Yeah. Okay. Why are you laughing? She gave me a dirty look again. No, she's actually a nice girl. She gave me a dirty look. No. She's probably just, because she knows you're a little keeper, so she probably gives you crap. (laughs) Um, What did Weege teach you guys? Anything about interviews? Um. It wasn't Weege. It was um, was Megawatt. It was Megawatt. I've never met that guy. What's he look like? I mean, you don't know. Okay, I, he's like a. I mean, like normal dude. I mean, at some point, I feel like you guys were falling asleep in some of these meetings. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I kind of fell asleep a little bit in this. What about Mike? Part. How was at the wrapped up the day? Mike was telling you guys about finances and stuff. Mike was cool. So I actually Mike got was super cool. I got a DM from Mike at the end of the day. I I ended up getting one too. You did? You got one today? Nice. Yeah, I got Mike. So Mike. Uh, works for Club MX. He does a lot of the track work, and he's an amateur guy, I guess. Yeah. For a club, and. uh He's a he's a pulp fan, but I've talked to him many times. Really nice guys from New York. Yeah, he's cool. So, what was his spiel about? Oh my gosh, it was a whole so bunch of stuff. Here's really what Mike's spiel was. Uh-huh, about. Yeah, have Jackson explain. Yeah, because it, it feels like Jackson was the only one nailing a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just let Jackson so explain this. Part. Mike's spiel had nothing to do with what he was telling us about. Okay, like he was literally trying to hide things, and then he would. He oh, would, so make he, sure you guys are listening. Yeah, that too, and even like. Even thinking back about it now, he was like, "Oh, well, that's really what he meant." Like, so it's not even what he said. He was he was almost testing us to see, to see if we were idiots or not. Right. So, like, you know, he, the first one he started out with was he just kind of told us his backstory, and then he'd ha- he'd have us write down ten bullet points on a paper, and he'd be like, "All right, what about this? Like, how many years did I work for this? Like, trying, you know, us trying to recite." Right. What his thing, what his story was about. And so we were all like, you know, one off, like we were close. Like it wasn't like we weren't listening. Uh-huh. And then his last one was, what's my favorite color? Which he didn't say. And I kind of called it out right away. I was like, well, he didn't say that, but I'm just going to write something random down. Right. Ah. So I just put down blue because he was wearing Club Max. So, right. you know, I put down light blue because that's the color of Club Max. And so we kind of tell him his answer, our answers. And he's like, well, did anybody ever say, "Hey, you didn't tell us"? Yeah, well, Jace. I, I said it out Jace loud. Jace did, and then but Jace just didn't put something down, right? Right, and so and he's like, "So 
the, this is what I call this, the theory of MSU, making stuff up. Okay. <laughs> no, said, not, he said a different, he said, he said a different S Yeah, <laughs> there is a couple different. Making shit up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a seven, as Hillian counted, seven, uh, seven, seven cuss words. <laughs> seven cuss words dropped. Um, I like that guy then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, like he, it was just kind of these hidden messages throughout the whole, yeah. whole speech, but it was, it was really good. And it was kind of a cool speech trying to get us to recognize how much our parents really do for us and mm-hmm. almost how how much we really have to put work in because did that I mean you guys are both pretty self aware, I feel like. Yeah. You, yep. Did it help you in that fact? Um, um I feel like if uh if he told me this three two, three years ago, yeah. then yes, but I feel like me and my dad have kind of figured some stuff out like that a little bit before so it was almost a reminder for me but for a lot of these kids i think it was a a good thing yeah because i them. feel like some of the other kids i feel like are just kind of talk louder little uh little bland about that area and thanking sponsors too that was a big one that he yeah kinda made yeah, us yeah they asked and you're not very good at that they asked like um like you asked, forget a lot of the guys that help you no yeah you didn't thank jamie in your post yeah i did no, you didn't. I texted you to put it in there, and you're like, okay. Yeah, I swear. I thought I did. No. Oh. So. Well, no, but he asked, like, um, like all the kids he asked, he's like, when's the last time you thanked your sponsors? And literally, I think three out of, uh, I don't remember how many kids were there. Three, we'll say five. Three out of the five kids were like, no, I've, I haven't thanked my sponsors in, like, since Loretta's. You know what, too, for you guys, too, and this goes for you, Jax. Too, I don't know if you do this, but I don't think you do. But uh, what goes a long way, screw the post. Sure, great. Put the post up, thank them on the post or send Instagram. Email. Personally, either A, call them, yeah, or send an email. Send, and it's a, not, a, not a template a template email, and yeah, then just right. change the name. Right. A personal email and say, hey, man. Thank you for putting the time in. I appreciate it. That goes a long way. That shows me or whoever the sponsor is that you're a real human being. I you're do. not just not some robotic freaking moto dude. I do do that because last time I was here, you told me that you do that with your sponsors. So I've got my little group of yes. Because honestly, most of my sponsors are like through Hook It, so I don't even have like a, a contact, contact yeah. that I could send to. But the guys I have contacts, my goal would be to do it weekly, but it's more of a monthly thing. So for you people out there, even even grown ass adults, you're getting a break from someone or your dealer or something, like just tell them that you're aware of it and you're thankful for it. Same thing with your parents, you know? Yeah. Hey, I know it's not cheap. All you have to do, here's how you please your parents if you're listening out there. Hey, mom, dad, I know it's not cheap. I know I'm paying the ass sometimes, but thank you for helping me. It's fun. I have a great time. I had a great time. I really appreciate this and if you need anything, let me know what I can do for you. That's it. Yeah. Most likely, they ain't going to want anything from you. That's it. That's all they want is to you to be self-aware. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Like, he gets it. That's all people want is, like, to let others know that you get it. Like, I get it, man. I know what you're doing. Yeah. So, that's something to be. The one, the big douchiest part, though, was this kid was sitting there, walked in. <laughs> kid walked in. Um, Mike told him, oh, hey, man, what's up? You know, sit down, grab a Wa- paper. Walked in kind of late. <laughs> walked like walked in like I think three a couple minutes late. It wasn't bad. Though. And then he just kind of stands up and walks over to get some water, which in a normal 
thing it would, right. that would be normal like you just stand up and go get some water but you, you Mike's gotta, like what do you, you got to get the vibe off of Mike instantly that like he ain't messing around yeah he ain't messing around yeah. so so he just kind of stands up and turns around and walks away and Mike's like where are you going where are you going dude he's like oh I was just going to get some water he's like how about you ask <laughs> if anybody else wants some water we're all like yeah, we'll take a water. So he goes back and grabs like a giant armful of waters and gives it to all of us. And, and then, then go, uh, five minutes later, he just stands up and walks out. No, like legit. Like the kid went to get the water, get the water. And uh-huh. like he must have acted like he didn't get himself one. And then like, I just think, bailed? I think he like 20, I think like 15 minutes in the thing, we, we're all like, wait, where'd the one kid go to get the water? We walked, we, a couple of us watched, like me, me and Chad and Slade are, and Mike literally just like watched him like we didn't we didn't see him get up and then all of a sudden we just watch him walk out of the tent and we're all we all just kind of went silent like like legit just walked out like (laughs) that's the kind of shit people remember that's the douchiest thing you can do i'm just telling you that kind of shit will people remember that that just shows you what kind of person you are and also not self-aware also too like i don't even think half the kids showed up for the last minute there wasn't very many there was one table just the one table that was it Look, I and then I don't know the parents' timeline if they have to go home. I don't know. Right. Right. But I'm just saying if you're here, like what did I say? Do I want to go down to Thursday? No. But if you're gonna do it, you're gonna get the whole if experience. I'm gonna do it. You say I say I'm gonna do it, let's do the whole thing. Yeah. Chris, you can't even talk, dude. Yeah, you didn't even show up Saturday. Aiden wouldn't have done yeah. the parade lap. <laughs> no, no. I said he can stay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So and if he Chris is out though. Here's the deal. He if he, he impressed me so much in qualifying, I would have felt bad if I didn't take him back. That's so right. if you weren't here, I would have took him back. I would have been pissed, <laughs> but I would have did it. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So give me each of y'all one thing that you would change about the day or the days of the combat. What can they improve on? And one thing that you really enjoyed about it. Uh, Go I ahead, Aiden. Th- I think the one like main thing I felt like they should have changed was making it kind of our own day. Because I think uh, explain with yourself what's that mean. So they had it. They had us, but then they had amateur day on the side too. So then they had they would have us on a time schedule. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of hard because some of like the lines and stuff were kind of were kind of messed up from all the other amateurs. Like for example, bottom of the hill left hander, they would make the kids after the whoop section go right mm. into that left hander, mm-hmm. and I think that's why no one went inside there. Was just because that rut was a straight, like legit. There was no. So there yeah. were ruts turning off of the track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There where was no, we were hitting a different section. There was no area one of or the corner. Or could they just have the amateur day run the whole track that you're doing? Would that help? Uh, I so, feel like it was. I feel like it would be better if if it was just our own thing. Like honestly, I feel like they should have had us on the pros. So that way, you know, amateur middle combine. They're trying to get us the feel of what it's like. They can't the day. do that because of TV constraints. They can't. Yeah. So I, that was my same thing that I thought they could do a little bit better, which it, it's obviously very hard to do because they've yeah. got certain schedules that mm-hmm. they can't change. They're yeah. you gotta run qualifying and LCQs and yeah. So, but it's tough because it's it's a little bit off of that pro experience because it's not a pro track. Mm-hmm. It's it's an amateur track because, you know, when we went out for that parade lap, yeah. It was not the exact same. 100% different than the track we rode the day before. Just more lines. More lines. More lines. The more way the bumps. Track, where the bumps were in the corner. And even uh, Iron Man, mm-hmm. when Chance was jumping over, Chance and yep. uh, Ferry were jumping over that hole. Mm-hmm. 
and nobody did it in the pros, plain and simple, that's because the track formed different, right? Chance had a bump to pop off of. Yeah. The bumps for the pros started 10 feet earlier, and they were jumping into the hole. Well, so they graded it. So I was told. That oh, they, they did. They, 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 they graded it down. Okay. Yeah. But so... But my point is that's that's that whole track. The whole track forms different because us amateurs, like combine amateurs, we're the closest amateurs that are going to end up riding to the pro, yeah. like the pros. Yeah. So the way we break in the track is going to be like that. But we had ten minutes to break in the track. So in reality, the five amateur motos. So you guys would you like a longer practice session? I th- I, I think they should have kept the practices at fifteen. I th- at least to open the track up. More. Yeah, open the track up. Well, honestly. I feel like honestly they shouldn't have had us go off at first practice either. I think that's one of the other mistakes. No, I, I think they no, should. No, they should because that's how you form the track. Right. Be- and 250 when when we go into the pros we're going to be B qualifying, which is first practice. Yeah. Oh, you guys are screwed in pre-practice. Left. Uh okay, so I'm going to give a couple of mine and then we'll talk about the good. Okay. Uh one of mine is track prep. I stood over there by the tabletop to watch you guys as qualifying, right? Yep. yep. And the prep was half ass. The prep of the track uh, on the sides. Hey, it's the sides of the track. I get it, but it's part of the track. Yeah. There were sinkholes, mm-hmm. okay, where the tractor, the track would get stuck and, and bury itself and then come out. Yeah. And they so there was quagmire sinkholes. With, with like a skid And they never something. fixed it. So what you guys would do, you'd land off that tabletop before the triple step over thing. Yeah. You can make an option where there was a hump. Mm-hmm. Or you go around it. Well, if you just went off of your line 10 to 12 inches from the main line where you guys were burning in to go around the hump, yep. there was the sinkhole, and Briggs came over, did nothing wrong, just jumped it, went 10 inches over, and just endowed his brains out it because so it just sunk in. Like they, f- I feel like, and it's amateur day, so there's less skilled riders out there. They need a, a representative or a guy or a rider to go around the track, either A, on foot, or or rhino, or on a dirt bike, yep. to know the lay of the land. Where, hey, get over here. We need to touch this up over here to make for safety reasons. So yeah. that, the other thing, too, is we we even, our coaches at the start were like, hey, like if there's something wrong with the track, like you come to us and just tell us and we'll tell somebody. Well, okay. And I, and I did that. Well, yeah. I did that as well. With that turn thing, and it never got fixed. So I, I yelled at an AMA official after he saw Briggs Indo, and I said, yo, you guys need to fix this. That's a hazard. That's going to kill somebody. He's like, yep, yep, cool. Give me a thumbs up. I'll tell him. Shit never changed. We yeah. told in the back where McAdoo legit Indo his brains that la- uh, first round, yeah. that little hump, we were like, that's dumb because there was like there was holes in the face of it with ruts and it was gnarly. And it was it was one of those like there's holes on dirt bike tracks, but it was one of those holes where you're kinda dropping off the track like and it was forming weird to the point where if you hit it, you're like there was no pop. Like it was popping your back tire. So it it just generally was unsafe. Like I'm I'm one for I don't like fixing the track. You know the jump after where McAdoo H stuff the that little table triple table. Yeah. Yep. Was that thing that lip was okay? That, everything that was, was fine. Good. It was before the lip. Yeah, is no, what it I'm was. just asking him because that's yeah, what Hillian endowed. I was wondering why he endowed. No, so well, I think the reason why he endowed is so you have that roller, right? Yeah. I think his suspension was unsettled going into you get it because kicked, of those bumps. You get yeah. kicked into that roller and then there was two chug holes before the lip. Uh-huh. Hit those I hit those a couple times and it kinda did too and went 
So you would jump <laughs> off that <laughs> single and then kind of land in those chuck you holes. You would land in the chuck holes. And if you landed a little far off, the problem with the chuck holes is they were almost rutted in mm-hmm. with square edges on the side. So if you landed off, you would slide into it with your back tire, and then you would start swapping. Yeah. So anyway, pro day, amateur day, whatever. If you're doing these combines, you want these kids to be safe, which I think everyone does. It Just literally have someone an hour before you know the, the practice starts. Just scout the dirt. Just scout it. And the other thing, too, is they prep the track more for the pro day than they did the amateur day. Yeah. Like, just in between motos and stuff, which is hard because you're trying to get through this amateur day, so they don't really have time, which is another reason why I feel like we should... Oh, you're talking about middle of the day, you're talking about. Middle of the day, right? Like, they, they were prepping lips and corners yeah, for Yeah, screw pros. that. I don't think they should do that. They'd leave it, leave it jacked. Okay. But if, if they do what they do before the, ra- the practice starts, I think that will be better. You know, overall, the track would be better. My point is, if they're going to do it for the pros, they should do it for the combine because the whole point is to get us ready for the pros. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I just think it takes too much time. I think that's too nitpicky for them to do. I'm more of a safety aspect, like, hey, you could actually hurt someone with shitty prep. Which is kind of what ended up happening anyways, which is too bad. So, Yeah, uh, like Garib first lap. I don't I, know what, that, that that wasn't even track prep. It was first lap. They need to calm down. That was, kid crashed. Yeah. It was just great. Yeah. Just yeah. relax. That's why I tell you, like, hey, and this goes for anybody out there listening. If you have your first practice and you know your track's off, don't jump a single out to flat or anywhere because you have no idea how the ground's going to be. Yeah. Just chill out. Let the ground form a little bit because your front wheel will stick like a mother and your ass over tea kettle. Yeah. So that's one thing. I thought would need to be improved a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, oh, there was another thing, and now I forgot. Let's talk about the good, and I'll think of the bad. Okay. okay. And one thing that you enjoyed that you took away from it. I think one thing that I enjoyed, um, honestly, I didn't really have a one thing. Honestly, I just enjoyed the whole day, honestly. Well, on the podium, you said it's the funnest race you ever did. Yeah, I honestly, oh, come on. That was, I think that's the most funnest race I've ever done. Why? Just because of uh, the atmosphere where it's at. You know, you're... You're around all of these. You like, feel like you're the main show. Exactly. You feel like you're the main show. And even like before our first moto, you got all the KTM dudes, all the Yamaha dudes over there, all watching us mm-hmm. <laughs> over there. And then Do you feel important. What you're saying. Yeah. If you feel important, which puts pressure on you, which is good. It, yeah, yeah, it was good because you know good guys are watching you. Yeah, and also I think the reason why I had the most fun was just because, obviously, riding was good, and then off the bike I think was fun, like going back and meet with your coaches and talk about it and actually get to debrief Growing it. down a little bit. Yeah. Right. And then actually getting to learn something. And also, too, I think that was cool was, like, um, getting to see, like, your segment times and all that. The and segment not, times are really good. And not so, That's like... cool to have. It's like Lip Pro, but on paper. Yeah. yeah. So, like, Brock said, like, if you're a second, two seconds off, don't stress about it. Look at your segment times and compare it to the top three dudes and clean whatever well, it that's is. that's what we do when we have our lip pros when we go practicing we look I at feel our segment like, times you know yeah but i feel like these were actually i feel like a little bit laid out a little bit better on paper and well, it's just pay, it's on paper yeah right? yeah so that's a great segue to uh advertising you guys want a lip pro <laughs> i have a code and they, <laughs> have job, seg- they, have yeah. a, they have a segment time so there's a new lip pro coming out um and we're gonna go oh. test it here next week so the device is not going to be on your helmet. It's going to be behind your number plate. Interesting. So that'll be a better for safety and for AMA rules. And it's really cool to have that to uh, uh, to uh, penis measure with your friends and, you know, in your 
guys that you ride with. So and Aiden and Chris, who's the fastest kefer, that's very important on Lipper. Um, I'm out now. Aiden's <laughs> gonna have it. Good. Uh, funnest thing for you? Oh, I thought of my my second. Oh, okay. Okay, just do it real quick. Go. I would love for them to do the scouting combine, but use it as a series. Yes. Yeah. That, so, so that way it gives you pressure. Say, okay, like Aiden, you got seven. So now you're seventh in points or whatever, and you got to manage a season. I like that. So you here's know? the thing, though. If they did that, would, they would have to have the same 24 dudes each time. No. So what they would, yes, you're right, but you would do it in regions. Region. So you have a region, right? Let's say if it's a two to three, let's say it's a three race series. Yep. Washugal, Paula Paula. That's the West region. Yep. You have a Midwest deal. So, so then they would have to do like nine of these, which is MX. No, you can do movie. three to. But I'm saying eventually they you're you're there anyway. Right. You're at right. the track. You're having amateur days. So what they could also do is if they do 42 riders on the gate, which I was is thinking hard, about which that. you won't get. Right. No. right? you're not going to get that. Yeah. No. So you get you invite the riders that you invite, right? Yep. Um, you have some alternates. And then you get these guys to show up. I'm sure injuries happen. Things are going to happen. You have less and less. Just like a series. You look at GP today. It was 20 dudes. The gate's half full. Like, it happens, right? Yeah. But make it that way. So, one, the kids can learn how to manage a series. Yeah. Uh, That's the biggest thing because amateur racing does not have a series. No. No. And the closest thing to a series is just a weak race like Loretta's. Right. It's the closest So, thing. I feel like that would help. Yeah. And you make it a regional series. So that way people can afford it. I'm not going to drive all the way over to, you know, Massachusetts. To high or point. <laughs> right. So make it regional. So it's a, it's a short series, three races or whatever. So that way these kids can feel some pressure, get to different tracks, you know, make it lucrative for manufacturers as well to see, like, a, it's a real scouting combine. Like, you're learning. The, the manufacturers are learning to see who can manage a series, who can stay healthy all year. You know, if Aiden comes out on Paula 1 and does good and then you get hurt, you don't show up for Washougal or whatever, like, okay. Yeah, I kind of I agree with you on that. I think that would be cool, honestly. So that's just something I thought. Sorry. So what's your uh, funnest part, Jax? Uh, shoot. Now I lost it. Thanks, Chris. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was so good. My... <laughs> <laughs> my neck wasn't even negativity. Just, would, just took it. That's out just of me. something I would want. I, yeah. I think that was great. It'd be great. Um, so, I would I would say the funnest part about it was like to, a little bit to agree with Aiden, like kind of being the main part of it, like a little bit of that, like that pro motocross feel. Where we we are the show and we're kind of the big deal there. Um, but also, like it's just it's just a different feel. Like put that mic closer your mouth. Yeah. You feel like you are, uh, you're in a pro motocross race, right? Not just because you're at a pro motocross track. It's different. You got the rigs there. Even going to Loretta's, right? Like everyone's there at Loretta's, but you're there for a full week of riding. You're there for two weeks. Like even what you're saying, like it's three days. Like you know, you're hoping one or two days, but in reality, three days for the same result that we ended up getting at Loretta's, right? Yeah. Pretty much one finish instead of two finishes, and one day of riding like that's that's really what we're trying to get towards not one 20 minute moto a day for six days right yeah overall i think it's a good thing to do i think it's cool that they that costed me man uh, 175 bucks or something what was that i think it was 210 it was 150 to race okay to sign up yeah and then it was 60 dollars for your pass for yeah. for like so my yeah, dad it for costs, my dad to buy a pass look it it costs money everything costs money nowadays like yeah. you 
I mean, whatever. It but was it was not Loretta's. <laughs> I feel like if uh, you know you're in deep and you're going to want to do this for a profession, you're going to have to have some money. Yeah. It's just it is what it is. Yes. Yeah. Our sport's not cheap. If you want to become a local guy, then look at uh, my mom and dad, Aiden, your grandpa and grandma didn't have money. Yeah. Like middle class. I went locally. I never got to go Loretta's. My dad dad couldn't take off time. Dad had to work. Yeah. Right. The farthest I went to was World Mini, which was Vegas. That's it. Yeah. That's all I could do. So um, it would be cool to have more of a regional kind of thing, more of important. So. Yeah. And what is sad about our sport or industry, if you want to be a factory rider, make it a career, you got to go to the, all these races. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't show up, no, no, one, one, no one remembers you. Or you get forgotten about. So it's it's a tough thing. So. But most of all, you learn how to good time. And it's something you're going to remember for a long time. Yeah. You know? And it's cool to bro down. And me and your dad were talking about Jax's. You get to touch, feel, be close to these riders that you race looked with all up year. to. You know? Yeah. yeah. Not, no, not the riders. Not, like oh, your coaches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even, yeah. even the next going to the race on Saturday and kind of getting that almost full access. Yeah, the VIP past. treatment, right? Yeah, yeah right. it was cool. And like even Aiden and I, after the, all the motos, like we just walked up to the impound tent, Lawrence Brothers and Anderson walked by and – Right, and we we're like not a whole we lot just, of people get that. No, yeah, like we were just in it. Moose we got to go behind the. Interview. We got to go behind the start too. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, we, yeah, we we literally watched the 250 Pro start like we were at a local race. Yeah, it was so sick. Smell ETS? Uh, no, I'd smell it a little bit, but it we was. smelled a little bit before our. It wasn't uh, terrible before our side lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, that is that's the Moto Scouting Combine experience. Aiden Kiefer, Jackson Pascal. Uh, good times. Anything you want to say before we leave here? Um, no, just looking forward to doing more next summer. Dude, you literally just sounded exactly like what you weren't supposed to do in an interview. We'll be back next weekend, guys. Here we go. Uh, we'll be back okay. next week. You know, gonna go grind <laughs> so hard this week. Can I criticize your your talking? Yeah, you say like a lot. Yeah, like, like, like you say like like less likes. But Jackson, like, you just need to speak yep. up more. Okay, but like. Yeah, like you say, like <laughs> yeah, like less, what do you less mean? like yeah. less valley girl talk. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. like totally, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, deja vu. Uh, all right. Well, Rodrigo. thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting our advertisers on the show. We will be back. Uh, we're gonna have two shows this week, probably. If not, we'll roll this over to next week's show, the 2023 KX250. Aiden, you're stuck with me on that. That's fine because uh, we just got done testing that, so that'll be up. You can go to racerxonline.com for more tests. You can go right here to keyforinktesting.com to see uh, what you guys want to get out of your new bikes or older bikes. There's five, six years of information built into that website. And, of course, you have any questions, chris at keyforinktesting.com or aden, A-D-E-N, at keyforinktesting.com. Shoot him an email because he doesn't get enough of them. I feel like... We need to bombard him with emails so he feels my pain at times. I was honestly, if, st I was stoked the last time people emailed me. If you're a kid, yeah, don't email Chris. Yeah, if you're a email kid, Aiden. email in. If, if you are, if you are under twenty, if it email Aiden. If there's a teen in your age name, yep, I don't care. Seventeen, Anyone. eighteen, nineteen. If that's you're Aiden. if you're older than twenty, you're always welcome to email Aiden. But if you're yeah. under twenty. Aiden's the guy to go to. Yeah, I don't He's care. No after dark one. questions for Aiden. He will not no, accept no. those. No, those are going to go straight to He has zero to experience in after dark. <laughs> those so. will get forwarded to Chris. Zero point. I'm going to CC you on that. <laughs> <laughs>
that's it. That's our show for today. And thank you for joining us. Aiden, Jax, thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. See y'all. See ya, boys and gals. See ya. <laughs>